The Meeting Charleston podcast is sponsored by Princeton Mortgage, home of the Princeton Promise. If you think your mortgage process was anything less than effortless, just tell them why and receive a $1,000 credit at closing. My husband Mark and I moved to Charleston in 2018 with our three daughters. We both grew up in New Jersey and were ready for a new adventure. We had visited Charleston a few years back and immediately fell in love. So when it came time to pick a new home, low country living seemed like a no-brainer. So far, it has definitely exceeded our expectations. We love meeting our new neighbors and hearing their stories, so we started this podcast because we think that you might want to hear these stories too. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our feed on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, and please give us a five-star rating. Your support will make it easier for us to get an audience with the people you would most like to hear from. If you have suggestions for us on guests or things that we can do to improve the podcast, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. Your feedback is sincerely appreciated. Now on to our guests. Hey guys, Nicole here with Meeting Charleston. With more than a decade of experience in the low country, the Emmy award-winning meteorologist Josh Marthers, the man who helps you plan for your day ahead each morning on News 2 Today, joined us for an interview. For obvious reasons, following the hurricane scare in the fall of 2019, we were very excited about having Josh on the show. He's funny and smart and charismatic, and we have so many similar interests. We loved having you on, Josh. Unfortunately, it turns out that the first quarter of this interview has a loud and obnoxious, unexplained popping sound. After sending the file to four different sound geniuses, our only option was to cut it completely. The rest of the interview is just as good or better than the beginning, but we are missing some quality Marther's insight, and we are so saddened by that. The interview has been long awaited, and the delays stem all the way back to October. So without further ado, here is Josh Marther's. It's kind of a manager of the message, right? Yeah. Because especially with social media now, um, things can get out of hand really quickly. All somebody has to do is is grab a, a an image of a computer model that shows a very strong hurricane making a direct landfall in Charleston, post it on social media, and say this is going to happen two weeks from today, and it can get out of hand really quickly because. Most people don't understand the difference between a computer model and a forecast. Sure. Mm-hmm. A computer model can be absolute garbage if you if you don't know what you're looking at. Um, and, and what I try to tell people is when, when they'll say, well, this the model says it's going to do this. And I'm going, well, no, it really that's really not what it's so saying. It, it is what it's saying, but it's not what it's saying. Yeah. It's, it's telling you something's there, and this is a possible solution under these direct circumstances. And oh, by the way, I'm a computer model and I'm being told I have to solve that problem. So I'm just going to do the thing that helps me solve that problem. Well, there are so many things. A butterfly can literally flap its wings and it changes the whole system. So what you have to do is you have to look at those computer models and, and try to portray to the general public who is so confused and, and frankly scared by these things. You have to say, well, that's not really what it's saying. It, yep. it, it could go that way, but what it's generally saying is, okay, there's a storm going to be in the general in this area here, but 
you really can't say the center of that storm is going to be right in Charleston or right in Wilmington or Miami. It's just going to say, okay, two weeks from now, we all better be watching because something's something big's going to be out there. And that was the message we were trying to get with Dorian. Um, and then as you get closer, it, I, I, tr- I tell folks all the time, it's kind of like peeling an onion when you're talking about a hurricane. You've got to get through that first layer. Mm-hmm. And then the second layer is revealed. And, and it creates a whole different set of questions and problems. Frankly, when, when people who are in the path of one of these things or potentially in the path of one of these things, they just want an answer. And, and you know what? You just can't give them one yet. You have yeah. to say, we have to keep watching. And as you peel off those layers, each one gives you a little more confidence in the next one. Because you're going, okay, well, I said this was going to happen or I thought this was going to happen and it did. So that means the next one, Man, what I was thinking there's probably going to happen, and we wait and see. Did that happen? All right, let's peel that one off. So now we're now we're five days from landfall, and you're going okay. Well, there's a the cone of uncertainty. You know, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that everybody gets all wrapped up in. And then after that, you have to determine okay, the center where is it going to go? Because obviously that's going to give you the worst weather. And then, then that's five days of just hell. I mean, it really is <laughs> because because you're you're getting. Every every single update, people are are relying on you to help them make a decision. And if you rewind to about ten or fifteen years ago, um, we we weren't we were doing this three days in advance, not five. Yeah, five days of weather is a lot of time. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a point on a map. When you're talking about a center, now remember the storm is hundreds of miles wide, so impacts are going to be felt well away from the center. Yep. But where the center crosses the coast, I mean, you know, you've got a storm, if it approaches us from the south, we don't want anything to approach us from Charleston Harbor or south because that's going to give us the worst wind, the worst storm surge, the tornadoes, we're getting everything. If something comes in north of us, like Florence last year, I mean, you may not get much of anything. We barely even got an inch of rain here in Charleston County, and the center of that storm was just a couple hundred miles up the coast in Wilmington. So when you're talking about that, it, it makes a lot of difference. And and Why the, is that if it's coming from the south versus the north? Because on the northern side of a hurricane is where, and particularly along our coast, the way our coast is shaped, that's where all the onshore wind will be. Because remember, wind spins counterclockwise around it. So everything that, that, is, that can come at us wow. is coming at us. That's where the strongest thunderstorms are. The heaviest rain tends to be on the northern side of the storm just because of physical processes in the northern hemisphere, how the circulation works. You don't want to be on the north side of it. Okay. Um, and, and some of our worst storm surge and some of our worst damage that we've seen up and down the East Coast is all, it's always observed if you're north of, north of where the center comes on shore. Okay. Um, examples, our latest one in Hugo, that was our big benchmark storm here in 1989. The center of the storm came into Charleston Harbor. That's where the eye actually made landfall was right inside Charleston Harbor. But the worst weather was McClellanville to Georgetown. It was on the northern side of that eye wall. That's where the 140-mile-per-hour winds were. That's where wow. the 15- to 20-foot storm surge was located. Uh, that's where you, you hear the stories of, of the water getting so high um, in, in McClellanville where people were going into their ceilings to, yeah. to seek shelter, and it didn't work out for everybody. Um, you know, And that, that's why you, you never want to be on the north side of the storm, and that's why with Dorian, we were watching every one of those little wobbles, like I said about the keeping the 100 to 110 mile per hour winds just off the coast. 
any kind of a wobble to our south because of the shape of our coast would have brought that storm on shore. If it would have gone a little bit farther west, we would have taken that direct hit. Um, thankfully, it didn't work out. We were fairly confident just because our tools are getting so much better that, that this was most likely going to be a storm that, that was going to stay just offshore and give us a, a much better scenario. Mm-hmm. But you never know <laughs> when, when you're, when you're doing weather, the best way that I try to try to explain this to people is I say, think about it if you're if and I know this is so awful, but if you're gambling, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is a gamble because it's all our everything we do is about probability. It's about probability and confidence and oh, and risk tolerance, right? Correct. Yeah, that's so exactly we, right. We have none, so we got out of town. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Our, you know why I'm okay like, with Why that. are you leaving? I'm like, well, I have a 10-month-old baby, a 3-year-old, and a 6-year-old, yeah, and I it. don't want to be the guy on my roof when the helicopter's there to try to rescue us because it, it, we got the 1% happens. Right, and that's the worst case. But let's even say that we don't get the worst case. You've got a say a 10-month-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Okay, do you really want to be trapped in a house for five days without power? No, it would be better to have the helicopter come (laughs) be trapped without power. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing. Now, I'm I'm not saying everybody evacuate for everything because what we do is we evacuate the coast for water. If you're in a storm surge prone area, you run from water. You run from water, you hide from wind. The purpose of you building your hurricane kit is not to survive storm surge. It's to survive the three, four, five, six, seven days without power. So you have everything you need for that. But if you have the means to leave and you can leave, then, then, I mean, I don't think anybody's ever going to fault you for that. Uh, I mean, (laughs) no, it's a quality of life thing. I took some heat for it, but I'll tell you, (laughs) well, you know, we went through Sandy though. We we lived in New Jersey when Sandy hit. Yeah. And so we didn't have power for two weeks. She was nine months pregnant. We had, we were heating our house using our stove. We melted our microwave. Like I mean, it was just because the the like, they don't, yeah we didn't have heat. It was but it was but winter you, up there. But you know you know yeah. Sandy was just a category one. Well, I know that you know, and that's that's the thing that drives me nuts yeah. is is because like I said earlier, just a few minutes ago, you know, every storm has its own personality, um, and. I I cannot stand the category system because it it really it's all based on wind. That's all the category means. A category does not determine storm surge. It does not determine inland flooding potential. It does not determine um, your your potential for tornadoes. It doesn't even take into account certain areas' weaknesses to certain wind speeds. Like there are certain parts of the U.S. coastline that can take. 90 to 100 mile per hour winds with little, if any, damage or, or without, you know, less significant damage, I would say, to their infrastructure, where there are other parts that can't withstand that just because of the way that buildings are built and, and the roadways are laid out and the power grid is laid out, all those things. It, it really does lull a lot of people into a false sense of security. Yep. Because if you look at Hurricane Sandy, we have people here in the low country that say, I will not, I will not react to a storm if it's, if it's weaker than a category three. Well, we heard Hur- a lot of that. Yeah. Hurricane Sandy was a category one. And because of its size and the shape of the coast, which by the way, the shape of the coast of the Northeast, is just as susceptible, or our coast is just as susceptible to storm surge as that particular part of the northeast coast where Sandy went on shore. Yep. 
that storm, had it moved onto our coast at the same trajectory, at the same size, would have produced the same amount of damage. Wow. And, and, but, but it was, you can't see me because I'm doing this <laughs> air quotes just to category one. Right. And, and, it's like and people I, say mild concussion in the NFL. It's like that's when it happens to somebody else. Right. And, and, you know, we, we had people who were during Dorian going, okay, this was so much worse than, than we expected. Um, and, and I'm going, well, the, the, for, the impact forecast was there, 60 to 80 mile per hour gusts. That's what we received. Yeah. Uh, with occasional higher. We, we did put that. In fact, I think it was storm hit a Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. When started like Wednesday, four a.m. Because I was in New Wednesday, York, like yeah. on Facebook, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> started Wednesday and went into Thursday, yep. or went through Thursday. Um, it it took some people by surprise, I think, because they were. It's a Category Two, Category Three storm that was going to stay offshore. Well, our coast, in particular, creates a funnel. It will locally enhance wind speeds because of the shape of our coast. We've wow. seen this. We saw it with Irma. Were you guys here for Irma in 2017? No. Nope. Okay. Same thing happened with Irma. Irma was a tropical storm and was parked. The center of the storm was parked over southwest Georgia. Yes, over land. Wow. But was producing hurricane force gusts along our coastline because and produced a storm surge, by the way, which which beat Hurricane Matthew in 2016 because our coast, the shape of it locally enhances onshore wind. It'll cause a stronger wind and it also enhances storm surge and piles the water up. Well, it, that's that's difficult to communicate when you're using a category based system. Sure. Yeah. Um, so what we try to do at, at Channel Two, and and Rob and I have really been working on this for years. That's the other cool thing. I get to work with Rob Fowler. So I mean, <laughs> we've been Rob's been in the market for thirty years. I've now been here for twelve, going on thirteen. We've 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 seen a lot together, and and you know as you as you work with somebody for that long, you start to know. It's funny because he knows what I'm thinking and I know what he's thinking. Yeah. And, awesome. and it really does work out really well. And, and we decided during, back during Matthew, um, to start doing some more of impact based type, uh, forecasts instead of just relying on that category system. So we really started rolling out like with Dorian two days, three days before it hit. Um, it would have been that Monday into Tuesday, we were able to say, okay, these are our expected winds. This is what we're taking frequent gusts into 60 to 80 along the coast, occasionally higher. Well, as we got closer, our confidence in that started to, to increase. So we took out the potential 60 to 80 to 60 to 80 expected with potential gusts higher than that. Well, the day of we're, or the day before, we're able to go, okay, we're going to get gusts up to 100 most likely in one or two spots. And those, that forecast, that impact forecast that we did verified. But the problem is, is there's that perception of the storm is not making a direct hit and it's also a certain category. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges I think that, that we have in modern day meteorology with so many people now living on coastlines yep. is, is that and it's a problem, frankly, that we in the meteorology field created. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't know we were doing it at the time because, because at the time it was really good groundbreaking stuff with the Saffir Simpson scale to be able to rank these hurricanes 
based off of their intensity as far as wind. Well, we, we used to say, okay, this category of wind will produce this much storm surge. And then we started seeing these things hit the coast and go, well, wait a minute. That category storm was a five. We would equate that with this amount of storm surge, but it didn't produce any storm surge. So why is that? Then you have to start looking at wind direction and local coastline change. Like Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane Andrew before Michael, um, back a couple of years ago, was the last Category 5 hurricane to strike the United States. That was in 1992. Andrew hardly had any storm surge on, wow. in South Florida. Yeah. Now, it tore through like a buzzsaw. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And later, what, what we figured out was Andrew was a very small circulation. So it was able to get those really, really high winds, but because it was so darn small, the wind field was not large enough to create the storm surge that you would typically expect with some of the big Category 4, Category 5 hurricanes that we had had in years past. So you fast forward, you go to something like Hurricane Ike, which hit, um, which hit Houston, Mm -hmm. the, the northeast Texas coast back in 2008, well, Hurricane Ike at its largest covered the entire Gulf of Mexico as far as its cloud deck was concerned. Its circulation covered the entire Gulf. Yeah. It was a Category 2 hurricane. It did strengthen to a Category 3 before landfall, but it produced the type of storm surge that most people would equate with a Category 4 hurricane. Wow. But people weren't really prepared. They weren't they they okay. should have been prepared because of the the impacts that were being discussed. But again, they were on this. Well, it's just a two kind of thing. Yeah, and and that's I think that's going to be one of our challenges here as the population is growing along the coast is to differentiate. A category is only wind. It doesn't necessarily reflect storm surge and inland flooding. Which, by the way, water is what kills people in hurricanes. Right. It's not the wind. Yep. Nine times out of ten, it's not. Yeah. I think this one of the crazy things that Sandy taught me was that um, w when we were there, we, we didn't have the power for two weeks. I never really thought – I feel like a lot of people are thinking about, like, when the storm hits you, are you going to – is a tree going to hit you? Are you going to be impacted – are you going to be hurt by the immediate impact? But nobody's thinking about the repercussions of losing power and right. all of those fallen trees, whether they hurt somebody or not, because – when we were in New Jersey, I mean, we stores couldn't get deliveries because right. trucks couldn't get down the road. So, right. I mean, he had to gas drive out. couldn't pump gas, so right. no one could go anywhere, right. anywhere either. He was driving out to Pennsylvania at, you know, in the middle of the night with a friend of his who had, you know, dad owned a gas station a few hours from us. Right. And taking gas cans. Like, people were stealing gas cans from each right. other. It was insane. Right. And I don't think anybody realizes. I would have never even thought about stuff like that before you know, Sandy. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's Sandy's also an, an interesting, um, example too. Uh, we keep going back to that one because, uh, obviously you guys were impacted by that, but also it, it's an important lesson because New England in particular, um, for decades 
really didn't get anything like that. We didn't even talk about it was possible. And it was an, an, oh, by the way, the coast of New England is one of the most susceptible coastlines to things like this. Back in the, in the thirties and forties, I mean, you were taking hit after hit after hit up there into the fifties and even into the sixties. And then there was this, this hurricane drought, so to speak, that really spanned a generation to maybe two generations where you guys fell into that and you're going, wait a minute, what the heck is this? This is what they get in Florida. We don't get this. Um, but, but realistically, I think what you'll see here, because all these things are on cycles. I mean, you can look at it and see, uh, hurricanes tend to hit certain areas in cycles. I wouldn't be surprised if New England's day is coming to where they get hit after hit after hit and people in, in the Northeast start to say, okay, uh, we got to start paying attention to, to the tropics again. Yeah. Because it's been a while. It, they did rebuild a lot of areas differently uh, to, like, anticipation of happening again. But I'll tell you, you know, we had friends who uh, lived in an area of Brooklyn where they didn't get back into their house for four and a half years. I mean, because there's right. so many people living there. So many and that was flooding, that right? Flooding. That was all flooding. Yeah. All flooding. Yeah. I mean, the house had to be completely torn down and yeah. rebuilt. So they put those houses on stilts now, and there are some protections in place. But that's only really in the New, the New York and New Jersey area. I think if further north, like in, you know, the Boston area or like, you know, uh, Connecticut coastline, I think those areas are probably still pretty unprepared for a lot of that. So yeah. And they're not immune. Uh, I mean, and you know, one of the benchmark storms that we, that we talk about, um, for that area, uh, is is the nickname, the long Island express back in the thirties. And it was a storm that, that essentially accelerated, got caught in the jet stream and accelerated toward uh, toward Long Island. I think the forward speed on that thing was 30, 40 miles per hour. Wow. And and it wow. went from a gorgeous sunny day to the worst day wow. of many people's lives up there in an instant. Um, and, you know, back then they didn't have any warning. And see, at least yeah. now, I mean, we're... We're, we're, we're telling, we're putting coastlines on alert seven to 10 days in advance. Yep. Yeah. Um, whereas that wouldn't even have been thought of probably five to 10 years ago. I mean, when I started, there's no way you would have gone outside of a five day cone, let alone put out a seven to 10 day, hey, this is an area of interest. Yep. Um, I mean, we, we're now getting to the point to where we, we've got such a, a grasp of, of weather patterns and what tends to promote tropical development and what doesn't to where we can go a month out and say, you know what, this general area about this time next month, we better watch it. Um, and we're doing that right now with the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean. There are signs that the weather pattern is going to start to change in a, in a way late next week into the next week where, where we could have a, some some tropical action going on in, in the Gulf and the Caribbean. We don't know what form it will be. Yep. We don't know exactly where it will be. But what we're seeing is the general weather pattern is promoting a lowering of pressure in that area, which is rising air. Well, if you're in the tropics and you have rising air this time of year, probably going to get something down there. Right. Yeah. What form will it be in? Who knows? But at least we can see it. We couldn't, we, we couldn't do that 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. So uh, I know wow. I know you're busy and I don't want to run out of time. What's your personal cell phone like during a storm like that? How many people, <laughs> everyone you know, looking for their own personal weather report? And, oh. and what's your cell phone number? So oh I can... <laughs> yes, um, that that is a it's a complicated conversation, and and I, I will be frank. I, I it's one of the things that uh, 
uh, it's funny. We, we just got a new boss uh, at Channel 2, a new news director, and um, and Tanya, she, she's fantastic. And one of the things that, that she and I talked about is – is uh, is how I I can't I I pretty I can't hide anything I'm pretty direct <laughs> yeah transparent um, yeah. and 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 I and I like that I, I'm okay with that I'd rather you know where I stand um, and 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 I'll tell you um, it, it's challenging when when you when you have when you've been somewhere for as long as I've been here and and you know you made so many connections over the years and and people do reach out. And, and you know, they have the best intentions. You know, it's not anything. They're not, they're not trying to pry. They're not trying to inconvenience. Uh, but it, it gets overwhelming. And, and a lot of times I just, I've, I've just had to stop. You know, it's just like it doesn't exist because I can't keep up. Yeah. And, and when, and, and also you, you're, you run into this issue of, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to think based off of what I'm telling you, how you're going to make your decision. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. You, you really can't. These are the facts we have. And, and the facts that, that I'm giving you on television are the same, are the same facts I'm going to give you here. Uh, and, and it's so funny because I've got a, a really good buddy of mine who, who I had this conversation very frank with him and, and he, he started laughing because he's like, you're exactly right. He said, I don't know why I thought, why I didn't think about this. You really think that that I'm gonna go on live TV and hold something back, yeah, or or tell you something different that I'm not telling the people that that rely on me every day. Um, it it I, I get the so tell me what you really think. Yeah, I I just did five minutes ago on TV. It's like somebody, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't have a producer in my ear saying, Josh, you need to cut it short. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they're telling Josh, take all the time you need. You and Rob, you, you own this place, you know, yeah. take it. We're going to tell you like, there's nothing I'm holding back. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm telling you, I don't know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, I think that's one of the, one of the biggest challenges with that. And, and it's that, it's that that need like we we because it's comforting you know it's comforting to us to say well what do you think right this minute well i think right this minute it may go it looks like it may be going to jacksonville or it may be going to brunswick or it may be going to wilmington but that's that's can change 12 hours from now yeah that's why we have that cone uh, five days from now the center is going to be somewhere in there and let me tell you it is. Yeah. I, I haven't seen an inaccurate cone probably in five or six hurricane seasons when it mattered. Right. Like, like these guys are getting good yeah. down in Miami. They're getting scary good. It's a funny story. I, I'm in a fantasy football league and there's a, a guy who's in, in the weather business. And uh, I kid you not, when the storm was already here and we were in the absolute, the minute we were in the absolute worst of it, a guy in the league was like, hey, we're driving around our truck looking around the neighborhood. And then he asked the weather guy, you think that's safe? And I was like, if you have to ask... The weather guy, but safe to be driving around in a hurricane. It's probably like, not. Yeah, no, probably not. So I just, it's just such a funny thing. Like, if he would have said yes, somehow that makes it okay, right, for you to be driving around. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, and that's, and that's what happens, yeah. you know, and, and you, and, and I, I don't, 
I don't want to make light of it, uh, but, but you know, it really is true. Yeah. It, and it's, it's one of the things that, and, and Brad, I keep referencing Brad Franco. Uh, I want to make sure everybody knows who I'm talking about, Brad Franco. Uh, one of the things that Brad says uh, all the time is if you have to ask, ask the question, chances are it's no. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's one of the things that's always stuck with me with Brad is, is, is ever I go, do you think it's okay if I do the, uh, no, it's not okay if I do this. If I have to ask that question, it's not. Yeah, that's Good. your gut telling yeah, yeah, you. You yeah, know yeah, the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, favorite places in Charleston? What do you do here when you're when you're not working? Oh, um, gosh, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you know, I do that low country eats thing, which is. Um, really broadened that i mean it's like to the point now to where i'm so overwhelmed i don't know what to do you know because there's so much good food and there's so many cool places to go and each one has their own little uh, yeah. personality and 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 it's it's funny because you you try to go break outside of your pattern uh, like i have my little routine as a morning show guy that's one of the things that, that you have to learn you have to have a routine because if you don't you, you got a problem it's not going to end well at the end of the day. It's for anybody, um, really, who takes yeah. work, works a big part of their life. You yeah. have to have that, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I have my usual spots. Lived in Mount Pleasant forever um, and and moved to John's Island about two years ago. And, and that so that changes up the routine a little bit. And you, you, yeah. you, you find new places. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it's close, but I'm, it's actually a I different mean, world. Yeah, yeah it, and, and it's I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Um, the, uh, I mean, I, if you're, if you're asking, okay, on a, on a Thursday, where am I going to find Josh Marthers? You'll find me at home. Okay. Uh, on a Friday, uh, where am I going to find Josh? You'll probably find me somewhere on John's Island. Low Tide Brewing is a favorite of mine. Uh, the, I've gotten to know those guys over there pretty well since, since we moved out there a couple of summers ago. Can't go wrong with the fat hen. Fred's fantastic. If you ever been to the fat hen, you gotta go. Um, wild olive, you know, that's right out there on the island. Good stuff too. I'm yep. sure there are other places that I'm forgetting, but you know, those are the, those are the three. That's, that's kind of where I hop. Also happens to be like a half a mile from my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's easy you know. to, you could literally hop home if you yeah, wanted to. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was just writing down. The fat yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, so we're always going out to eat. I'm always posting, yep. like, food and constantly. I, I'm such a foodie. And we're always looking for new places to go. Yeah, and I'm always telling the fat hand, It's kind of cool. Like, it's it's not – it's one of those places where where you go in and you're going, you know what? I don't think I've ever quite been somewhere like this. Uh, and, and the staff is really fun. Um, it, it's very it, – it's almost like a big – group of friends just hanging out when you're in there. I love that. Um, it's not stuffy. It's not pretentious, uh, but it's a darn good meal. You know, what's your favorite? What, what do I have to order? Okay. Uh, Fred is listening to me. He's probably going to slap his head <laughs> because I'm not going super fancy, but you know what? They've got a great cheeseburger. It's so good. Their cheeseburger's good. I like the butcher steak. I get that a lot too. It's really awesome. They've awesome. got a, a he's got a a, a Bernays sauce he does himself, which is so good. Um the the peanut salad is really good. Okay. That's really good. Um I, I mean, I could go through the whole menu, but it's really good. And and the Italian place is really good too. Wild Olive, they do a fantastic. We actually have been there. We've been there, yeah. Yeah, we went out to see the 
Angel Oak. Yep, yep. That's also a half a mile from my house. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, living yeah. tourist spot. It's a tourist spot. Of course. Yeah. I'm right there in the middle of it all. Well, now I feel like everything's a tourist spot here. I, it has become that. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm here. So yeah. I'm sorry. And so it's, sometimes I hear that I'm a Yankee, and then I spoke oh, with wow. somebody recently. I was at a meeting, and they said, well, people will call you if you come and you stay and you don't go home then you're a damn Yankee. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. That's true. Um, you know what? It's But that's kind of what makes this fun, though, is because I'm constantly meeting new people. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do think that that's part of the Charleston charm. Is, I agree. Is that, you know, you got the tourists. Like, I mean, there there have been, been people that, that we've met that have been here visiting and, you know, we give a list of, okay, yeah, go do this. And they're like, well, just come with us. <laughs> and we go with them. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't, where, where are you going to do that? What, well, there aren't many places you can do that. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean the, what makes Charleston so special, I think, is that now you're in a place where 80 to 90% of the people who are here chose to be here. So they, they didn't grow up here. You know, most right. people moved here, right? And so they chose to be here. And so when that happens, like those people, you instantly have something in common with everybody else that like, right. you could have lived anywhere. You chose this place because these things are important to you. And exactly. Great food, history of it all, the beaches. Like, so those things already exist and you have in common. And so I know for us, where we live, it's a newer development. Everyone's from the Northeast or Ohio. Yeah. You know, we all moved here because we wanted this particular lifestyle. Right. And so... Not, not unshockingly, we all get along really well. We have better friends and more friends here than we think we had in New Jersey because yeah. in New Jersey, nobody chose to live there. You live there because your parents live there and their parents live there and yep. they came over on a boat 20 miles away four generations ago. And right. So it's a very different thing you know, yeah. as far as having that in common. Yeah. And, and I think too, what, what you, what you get with this, with this particular area as well that you may not get in other places is the welcoming of the, the native population, the people who've been here for forever. Yeah. Um, the, these are just nice people. Yeah. You yep. know, that's the thing. And, and, and it's not a, uh, they're I mad mean, about the traffic though. Well, you know <laughs> what? I mean, that's true. And, yeah. and that, it's actually funny. You caught me stuttering there. That's what I was saying. It's like the only complaint I think is the traffic. Yeah. Um, but you know, those are things that can be fixed. Yeah. Sure. And, Especially and it, with and all the, I mean, there's a, with this influx of people, you have an influx of a lot of money as well. Yeah. So we can fix the and, infrastructure. And it, it, it'll get there. Yeah. Um, but you know, this, this, I have to say it's, it's a special place. It's very unique in, in that once you move here the way I did, I mean, it was probably six months and I felt like I was home. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and I knew <laughs> right away. Like this was it. And, and it goes back to what we first started talking about. I thought this was my end game. Yep. You know, this is what I wanted. I was like, I want to be, I'm going to go do my thing and then I'm going to land in Charleston and that's where I'm going to end it. Mm. I mean, I'm beginning and plan on, I started here and plan on ending the career here. Um, I, I just don't have any, where else would I go? I mean, are you kidding me? I know. It's we awesome. feel the same way. When we came down for the first time, we decided, we were like, we have to retire here. We had kids. We owned a business up in Jersey and we were like, yeah, we, we're going to retire here. And then within a year, we were like, no, let, we're out. It hooks you. Like why? Life is short. And it's scary. Let's go. Like, it's scary how it hooks you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, is it just me? I, no. And everybody scary, says yeah. that. I love it. Everybody has the same story. They're like, well, 
actually, like, work didn't bring me here. No, I, came I just here came. On vacation. I just took a risk. Yeah, I came my, on vacation and I never favorite, left. My favorite is I came here on vacation, and and I'm I'm not. This is absolutely one hundred percent a story that I have heard more than once. Yeah. Like this isn't a one and done. I'm talking multiple people that I've met over the years of. Yeah, I came down here on vacation, and on the last day, I decided I wasn't going home. Yeah, bought a house. That's we, it. We had I his college buddy quit. move in with us when we first moved down because yeah. he booked a week's vacation from Philly, yeah. and he never went home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, the story, the, the one that sticks out, because this is the most dramatic, was I came down here on vacation for a long weekend. I mean, we're not even talking like seven days. We're talking this guy was here Thursday, was supposed to leave Sunday. He called his boss on Sunday morning and said, I'm quitting. Oh my gosh. And they thought it was a joke. (laughs) So that's fantastic. And no, it wasn't a joke. It was, it was a, Hey, I'm here and I'm done. Yeah. I'm home. Wait, wait, what? So, so you're going to be at work tomorrow, right? No, (laughs) you don't understand. I'm going, yes, I'm, I'm going to be working somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> but not with you. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how it went. And and they're still here. Wow. Still keep in contact with them. Well, that's incredible. Uh, it is incredible. So is there any, so anything you want to plug? Anything for the station? No, I know? mean, I, I think, I think I've already plugged. Uh, I want to, you know, yeah, I want to have you back on for Low Country Eats. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we could do a whole thing on Low Country Eats. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's, that's been going for two years. Um, and we do one of those a week. So you think about the places I've been now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, boy, that, that could be a long one. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, just watch us every morning. We start at 4.30 a.m. We're on all morning long. And then we've got Low Country Eats, which is my baby. I love it. And it's so much fun. And, um, it's, uh, it's allowed me to do something a little different. You know, now I, I don't get the, I don't get the, hey, uh, what's the weather going to be like today? Icebreaker, which is, <laughs> Believe it or not, can't get old at times. Um, it's uh, it's now a oh my gosh, that place you went to on Friday looks really good. It's it's really allowed the conversation to open up when you run into people because now they're now they're talking more about food than weather. Yeah, because it's kind of awkward, you know, if you run into the weather guy to be like, so what do I say to you if I want to say hello? Well, it's got to be something weather related. Well, now I, I, you don't no. have to. It's, yeah. it's made it a lot more fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that. Have you ever gotten, so you hear a lot, lots of complaints about weather people. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're always wrong. Yeah. Is, has, have you ever had an in, like a story? Oh, my gosh. The, 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 What's the, the worst oldest <laughs> The oldest joke in the world is, must be nice to get paid <laughs> every two weeks and be wrong 80% of the time. <laughs> and... Um, and my my thought on that is, tell me the last time we blew a big one. Yeah, you know we just don't. You don't anymore. I mean, I mean, you may you may miss a cold front by three hours. Yeah. You you may say uh, the rain's going to start at five p.m. and it starts at ten p.m. or it starts early at one p.m. But it's very very rare. That, that you're going to have a day where I'm saying it's going to be sunny and 90 and it ends up being 75 and raining all day. Yeah, no, I, You know, it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, and, and that goes back to our hurricane topic. Um, the things aren't as uncertain. I do want to put that, put that out there. Things aren't as uncertain as, as I think people think that it is. Um, 
we we've gotten really good. And, and the example of that is hurricane Florence last year. Um, the national hurricane center had that landfall on a slowing storm, a storm that was going to stall essentially in Eastern North Carolina. They had the landfall point within 20 miles, five days out. Wow. Like, Let's wrap our heads around that for a minute and think about where we were 20 years ago. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to do that. I mean, you're, it's, it's unreal. And, and that, so that, that's the, that's the joke. That's the one that that you hear all the time. And, and usually my comeback to that one though, besides the, tell me when we, when we really missed a big one, um, is so, uh, you baseball fan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love baseball. That's usually how the story goes. Yeah, I love baseball. Who's your favorite player? Rattle name off. You think he's uh, Hall of Fame eligible? Yeah. You know what his batting average is to get in the <laughs> Hall of Fame? Well, about what? You like to see him, what, two, three hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going, well, if you use the statistics on me, I'm at eight or nine hundred. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what you, that's what I typically say. And that usually gets the, oh, Okay. Yeah. It's it's a joke though, and I, I know it means nothing, but it's funny. You just hear it a lot. I'm That's sure the you. one that you hear nonstop, but it comes with the territory. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the work that you of do. Of course. And um, wait, I have two very quick last questions. Oh yeah, and I've, I've, I'm 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 on a time schedule, so I'm good. Um, one, do you live in an in a home, or I don't know what you live in, but do you have? Would you have to put hurricane shutters up? And if you yes. have the ability. When was the last time you did? I have not with any of these past storms. Interesting. Um, the past few we've been in, I have not. Okay. Um, probably, probably should have, but didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, and and was fine. Um, but but yes, I'm I'm on I'm on John's Island. I'm on a barrier island. So yeah. so absolutely. Um, my biggest threat is not really from wind, just because of the way the property is laid out. I don't really have. Most of my windows are protected. Okay. There, there's something in the way, you know, yep. so to speak, that's not going to blow over. And the threat of a tree coming through the house is very slim. And if the tree's coming through your house, guess what? It doesn't matter if you got shutters or not. Yeah. Like they're coming down. <laughs> um, I, I'm in a storm surge area. Yeah. So that's my concern. I've got a, I've got a water problem. Yeah. That's why. That's why I would, even if I weren't doing what I do, I, I'm at the TV station. I'm not home. Yeah. Um, I would I would evacuate just because of storm surge where I am. That's good to know. Yes. And um shifting topics. Okay. <laughs> you said you're go- you go to bed much earlier than we end up unfortunately going to bed. Uh but you said uh you'll usually be watching TV. Yep. What's your favorite show? What are you falling At asleep to? At that point, it is it's mindless TV. You know, it's like something where I don't have to follow a story. Yep. I don't have to get in. I, it's the last thing you want. You don't want anything that's going to get the heart going or anything like that. Uh, so my go-to is like Family Guy. Oh, nice. You know, you just, it's always on TVS. Yep. You know, you're going to find it. And and we actually keep a, a bank of them on the DVR. Nice. That way there's always, there's always, <laughs> there's one in the chamber, you know, and you're like, oh, there we go. Click. And then you're, it's, it's there. So, yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so cool. thank you so much for coming of on. Of course, yeah, guys. Thank nice you. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. You'll come back and do the uh, the foodie one. Yeah, yeah let's do, let's do that. Let's we would schedule love that. that. Okay, cool. a, little, a lot less nerd talk. I feel <laughs> like I was nerding out for about twenty minutes. I love it. It's your passion. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Thanks again. Thank right, you so thank much. Y'all. Yeah, that was awesome. Cool. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. It's almost like your first time I've ever done that. Yeah, you did great.